0: Firefish is a predictive recruitment sales and marketing platform that helps recruitment agencies like yours attract, engage, and place more candidates with your clients. Go to firefishsoftware.com forward slash reclive lounge. Lounge.
1: Lounge Recruiterslivelounge.com where you get to hang out with the most inspiring
0: recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Hey everyone. Welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge. And in the Live Lounge today, I'm really, really pleased to be able to welcome David Gittos. Now David is the Recruitment Director at a company called Artemis Search. Um, And you know what? I'm really, really happy to, to have David in because like many of you out there, David started in his business, in Artemis Search, Uh, as a recruiter, and in fact, in David's case, he was a commission-only recruitment consultant. So he really backed himself, and this was after, um, I think he'd been a golf uh, professional for four years prior to that. So hadn't worked in recruitment, came into Artemis Search as a commission-only recruitment consultant. Five years later, he was invited to uh, sort of um, get involved in the directorship of the business, uh, take ownership, and that's where he is. So, um, David, how's it going?
1: I'm good, Roy, thanks.
0: Hey, listen, I'm really, really pleased to have you here, David. Now, look, before we get started, David, just tell us a bit about yourself and, and the work that you guys do at Artemis.
1: Okay, um, a bit about me um, ten, 10 years in recruitment, um, basically. Uh, I had, had a checkered history recruitment, which we'll probably expand on in a bit, um, and then basically came here. And I, I think things things kind of changed. Um, in terms of what we do as a business, um, we're a specialist niche recruitment company, so we, we don't do anything generalist. It's So you have a financial services desk, um, which is run by my business partner, who's ex-15 years financial services. Um, he covers middle and back office positions with blue chip clients who you probably expect within the banking world that a lot of people know. Um, and then we have a digital and IT division um, and a print division, which is kind of very, very niche because we do point of sale, um, direct mail, um, and a little bit of large format as well. Um, and those are really the main sectors that, that we cover. Um, we, we've got plans to go into a different sector, but we'll, we'll talk about that another day because that won't come today. But that, that's kind of where, where we are um, as a business. 2008, the business started, um, and it's grown, really. We've got three people here in Manchester, and we've got the satellite offices across the UK. Uh, me and Pete actually used to work from Leeds, even though we're both in Manchester. Um, and it's kind of gone from strength to strengths, really, with with a load of pitfalls along the way, but that's, that's recruitment, so. <laughs> it's
0: definitely recruitment, David. And- David, look, I know a lot of people are going to be fascinated um, just in that introduction I made with you, talking about the golf professional side. Um, Tell us a bit more about that.
1: Um, So, when I was 16, um, I I had a choice really. It was either play professional football or professional golf. Um, And I chose golf um, and basically went off, did my PGA training. a lot of people probably will know a chap called Ian Poulter, yes. who's very well famous for wearing trousers. I actually took Ian's job when he went off on tour. Um, Danny later buzzed. Um, and basically, yeah, did, did my PGA training. Three years, um, being in my very young youth and not being as probably... Uh, professional would be the word we probably need to use. Um, I sustained quite a bad hand injury um, and that was it, really. Um, I was told that you're not going to be able to play at high level, so you can go off and teach people, great, um, but you're not going to earn millions of pounds like the plan was, you're going to earn 50, 60 grand a year. And I kind of said, yeah, okay. So did, did it for six months and then quit, which didn't go down very well with... Uh, certain people one of whom is uh, is my father so um it was it wasn't a well no it wasn't a good thing to do but it was the right thing to do and it turned out for the best and it, it took a while to get there but it was the right thing to do
0: well listen it's an interesting story but you know on behalf of the recruitment industry i'm glad that we got you eventually <laughs> <laughs> now david look i'm i'm really happy that you're here you you know that in the recruiters live lounge we like to kick off with um The first question Which is your favourite success quote
1: Okay Um, My favourite success quote is People often say that motivation Doesn't last Well neither does bathing that's why we recommend it daily, which is done by a guy called Zig Ziglar, who you will know very well. Very well. Um, and there is another one as well, which is uh, from one of your ex-business partners, actually, James Card, which is, be prepared for pain when you run a business. <laughs> um, and to be fair, that's probably the biggest success quote I apply, because every day, as much as I'm a bit of a, a melodramatic these days, you kind of prepare for pain every single day, because there's always something. Um, and that, that kind of drives me, which sounds very sadistic, but it's true.
0: <laughs> I love that. And there's loads of wisdom. You know, you just mentioned two of my favourite uh, uh, people to quote, the you know, infamous late, great Zig Ziglar, and of course the, uh, the ever-present Mr. James Kahn as well. So good. I like those quotes. Um, and, and in terms of, you know that behind every um, recruitment business leader that we speak to, Uh, We know that there's been, you know, some failure, some difficulty or challenge that they've had. What's the biggest failure that you've encountered personally, David, in recruitment?
1: I kind of referred to it before, as I said, checkered history in recruitment. Um, And you do get, I see a lot of these people, you get people who go from from job to job and they they kind of have flashes of brilliance, as one of my previous managers said. Um, And I was one of them. Um, And I I kind of had to do a lot of soul searching. And and, uh, without going into too much detail, I had quite a bad illness for for two or three years, which was holding me back. And I was trying to work through it. Um, as any person would do, who's got a young family, um, sure. and there was a lot of people there. I probably cost business money. I cost, and and you all know this, and I know this now. Is is people's time, which was the biggest impact. Sure. Um, and and it's regretful. Um, and and to be fair, I, I think the things I learned from it was that it's okay to take a step back, and it's okay to admit a weakness. It's okay to take stock of your life with, without going too too far down a psychology route and, and that's what I had to do because um, it, it's a very good career recruitment and in the last five or six years definitely it, it's given me a lot of, lot of pleasure and, and, and seeing people out here grow as well sure. um, but without doing that I wouldn't be here. And without the face of, of certain people, one being my business partner, I, he knows who he is. We don't need to mention his name. Um, and you are have a big head after this. But um, yeah, to, to be fair, I, I, my biggest regret is some people that I probably let down, which probably isn't easy for a salesperson to say, nor a recruiter. But that's that's kind of the honest person I am now, I think, to be honest.
0: David, you know something? I'm, I'm so pleased that you shared that story because a really similar kind of path to you, you know. I, I, I had those managers in the past say to me, uh, you know, you you could be so good. And and in fact, one, I remember saying, you know what, you, you, you hit the target, something else, but I feel like you're skating. And I meet so many consultants, you know, younger consultants who um, have those flashes of brilliance, as you refer to them. Um, and, and as a manager or as an owner, it's really frustrating because you could see the potential in somebody. And if they don't turn it on for you, you know that they're going to turn it on for somebody else at some stage in their career. Um, so it's a really interesting point, And I just think anybody listening to this is like really take stock of that fact that, you know, there are flashes of brilliance, but it, it's understanding you get few opportunities to really be able to shine. and. You know the quicker you get that and the quicker you you, you run with that the better right
1: mm, absolutely and I think the uh, the old saying form is temporary class is permanent has to come in as well <laughs> I love that. Um, because there, there is a there is the, it is a big thing and I see a lot of people who I interview we're, we're looking for recruiters now and and, and you, you can see this massive potential but it's whether you take a massive calculated risk on that. And, and my business partner definitely took a calculated risk on me. It paid off for both of us in the end. So you probably wouldn't say that, but it, <laughs> it, it did. So.
0: Re- re- remind me to take him to the casino the next time I'm up in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's cool. He'll enjoy that as well because he, he, he working in financial services. That's what he used to do. Do you, you know what I mean? So.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. David look you know um what was that eureka moment for you the moment in recruitment where the light bulb just suddenly went off and it all started falling into place talk to us about that
1: I think I think when when I as I said referred to I took stock of what I was doing and where I was going and 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 did a lot of soul searching and and I finally worked out that I wasn't built to work for somebody else Mm. um which is kind of recruit but it is recruitment and um I kind of had to reconstruct the way I work and basically set myself goals and challenges every single day because I am one of these people that has a very short attention span. Um, and if I don't push myself, we're talking hourly, then I'll go off course and be, be structured. And the, the eureka moment sort of came, I, I sat down with, with my now business partner and said, right, this is what I want to do, this is how we see it going. And kind of rolled with it, really, um, and, and that was the uh, the Eureka moment. Which, funny enough, was sat on my couch when the World Cup was on many moons ago, um, and yeah, we were both sat together, and I said, "Yeah, let, let's let's do it." And what I wanted to do was prove to myself that I could be could be a sustained success, and that's why the commission-only side came out as well, right. because I wanted to back myself without a safety net of a salary. And, and move forward, and that was that was a key thing for me. And, I, and I, I stayed in in that way for for nearly a year in that capacity.
0: Talk about talk about burning your boats. It's like you really <laughs> did back yourself, right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Th- there's a lot of people in my personal life that thought I was completely crazy, sure. but I, I knew that there was something in there that, that I could do it. And and I I did say in in a year, if I if I don't earn substantial profit, I'll um I'll quit um and, and i and i said that from day one um i am famous for saying i said i'll be retired by the time i'm 40 i've got seven years to go so let's let's see um so i am one of them people i think that that maybe back myself into a corner but try and deliver as well
0: well my money's on my money's on you david um, <laughs> now look you, you you kind of mentioned there about the uh, almost having to motivate yourself by the hour is there anything else that you do consistently on a daily basis um that sets you apart and makes you successful
1: i think with any business owner or or recruit senior recruiter or even rookie recruiter really um you've got to set yourself goals and challenges and push yourself um if you don't do that so i'm talking structuring it could be outlook it could be uh, the CMR and basically having it set down what you need to do i i kind of go to my guys and say right what are you doing and um, there's, there's another recruitment I work with and one thing I picked up from her was 15 minute blocks and I, I have my guys that I do it every 15 minutes to this day now from 5 years rewind from here I write down what I'm doing in those 15 minutes and to me that kind of keeps me um, successful um, and I know what I'm doing um, if I didn't I'd be off, off course an, an awful lot and, and I owe a lot to that little sheet of paper really because um, I am still Bit like you, a dinosaur when it comes to paper and not computers, which is ironic for my generation, I guess. <laughs> yes.
0: It's interesting that technique that you talked about there, David. It's called the Pomodoro technique, and it's yeah. it's a really powerful um, time management tool. So hats off to the recruitment trainer that kind of introduced you to that one. It was a good one. Um, David, what do you see as your biggest um, strength and biggest weakness? <laughs> Uh, as a business entrepreneur,
1: um, I think biggest strength would be personality and attitude. I, I don't think with without that it doesn't matter if you're delivering a training session or you're working with a client or you're in a meeting or in this situation. If you haven't got any personality or the attitude that, that matches the two, I think you're off to a off to a slow start and probably going to go quite quickly. Sure. Um, and, and I think those would probably be. My my biggest strengths. I've had to hone those and learn a lot of that, which sounds daft. But um yeah, th- those would be the two biggest strengths I'd say.
0: Good. And is there a weakness?
1: Um yeah. Um I'd say I'm very impatient. <laughs> um and um as as my business partner said, he thinks I'm misunderstood a lot. And uh, I th- I know what he means by that, but I think the impatient side, um is the biggest thing I think it's natural for a lot of recruiters to get impatient but there's been points in my career that I've thought you know what I can step back from this and let it run its course then get involved and mm. biggest thing for me is, is kind of letting go of say a client to one of my recruiters now and it's kind of it's your, it's your little world that you lived in and you've got to give it away to somebody else and being impatient for success is, is not a bad thing but it also can be a hindrance as well.
0: It's an interesting one because I I know um, as a recruiter, I too was very impatient. And I think if you spoke to people close to me, uh, they they would say that patience is definitely one of my challenges. (laughs) Uh, Ironically, uh, one of the key strengths of anybody that's involved in training and presenting and teaching is patience. So it's interesting because it was a weakness for me, but it's something that I've really had to work on and and focus in on. And I, I believe as a as a trainer or a coach, I'm I'm quite patient, but in my in my personal life, probably less so. So yeah, interesting one on on the patience, um, David. I'm I'm really interested to get you to look into your crystal ball um, and really work out how you see the recruitment industry developing over the next five years.
1: That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I, I, my my personal opinion is is that middle run-of-the-mill agencies will, who have no specialisms, I think will will die away yeah. in the next five years. Um, I mean, no disrespect to anybody who runs those successful businesses, but I think you can see the the rise of the niche specialist agencies, and even the markets we work in. Um, we, we've had inquiries about different sections of our business within the last five years. Um, and, and I think there's an element that the, the recruitment industry is is getting stronger again from from pre recession, uh, and to pick up on what somebody said a couple of weeks ago is um, about job boards, and I, and I think that job boards are on their my, my opinion is are on the way out. We're we're phasing them out of the business. Right. Um, we're we're kind of bordering on executive search contingency based recruitment, and I think that is the is the way forward. And I th- I think. Agencies have to learn that they've got to add massive value to companies and if yeah. they don't do that, they're just going to sit in a, in a pile. Um, the one thing I think we need to do as an industry um, is educate clients and people who want to work in recruitment, yeah. that recruitment is a sales industry. Um, I, w- without mentioning names, yet, yesterday I was criticized by one of our main customers for selling to them. Right. Um, and. It's, it's kind of I turned rain to, to my business partner and said it's a sales job um, that's what we do um, we, we create opportunities for people, good opportunities, and we find talented superstars for our clients. And yeah. I'm proud of that, and I'm never going to shy away from that. And I, I think there is a lot of people out there who may be watching this, want to be a trainee recruiter. They need to understand that it's, it's a high-pressure sales job. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the industry kind of needs a, a new influx of really good trainees as well. There's, there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of bright ones, but I'd, I'd like, obviously, I know we do a lot of work with, with yourself, but mm. I'd like people to, to take on board that and, and train before they maybe get into recruitment, um, which would be a new one, um, or, or just learn their craft um, somewhere. And, and I think the business, in terms of recruitment, will, will get better then. And I think complaints about recruitment companies will, will go. We've just done a survey with with a a few of our clients, which is very, very interesting. You leave yourself open to a lot of criticism, but the criticism is very, very good and it it makes us look at, right, well, we do this wrong and we're doing that wrong and it's not nice to see that, but we do do things wrong. But um, I think a lot of recruitment companies have got to learn, they have to admit when they're wrong and I think we've all done the opposite to that. Um, And I think specialists in these industries like ourselves, I think Eventually, we'll get swallowed up by, by bigger companies as, di- as divisions, if you, if you want my honest opinion. Um, I know there's a lot of companies who are on acquisitions and, and things like that. And I think eventually that that will will be the norm um, in the next five five years I think it'll probably take a bit longer but I think that that, but there is a great opportunity for somebody who's sat at home in their bedroom to grow a business now and I don't think it was like that when we started because we started in the recession in 08 doing financial services which wasn't the brightest move Um, but it worked And Mm -hmm. and I think that's where it will go going forward.
0: David great great prediction there and and some really good takeaways um, you know, you know me, I, I've sort of been banging that drum about good sales skills and recruitment are essential. Uh, and I'll continue to bang that drum, you know, it's it really, really important. I think people that are, are critical of selling generally aren't critical of good selling. They're just critical of bad selling practice. And when you're sold to properly, it's actually a really enjoyable experience because, you know, selling is just asking questions and being genuinely interested. the answers and Mm. and uh, and then and then you know hopefully uh, providing solutions to people's problems um there's some really really good stuff there and i I also the other takeaway i got there was the fact that you guys uh surveyed your customers i think that's so so important in any business you know recruitment or otherwise to get feedback you know often Mm. we we sit in our ivory towers and we just you know do what we do and we assume because we're making money everybody's happy but actually that feedback positive and negative helps you constantly refine your your offering and I, you know i think very very brave of you but uh, you're, you're obviously reaping the the benefits of that so thanks for that no worries um david i'm really keen to move you into the lightning round now are you ready for the lightning round david absolutely fantastic okay lightning round um so david what's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from becoming more successful
1: uh bad (laughs) training
0: good answer david
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not it's not a plug for for (laughs) royripper.com um no i honestly uh, and again i i think that um business owners i think we all think we know everything some of us um, I've been no different in the past, um, and and neither is my business partner. And I think, obviously, working with your likes yourself and taking things from other people, it doesn't. And and self development for recruiters is is a big thing. Um, like, like yourself, you probably can't see it. There's a big bookshelf behind me, which is very similar to yours. Um, and yeah, I, I get my recruiters now to, to read a book a week, and and I give them assignment to do it, and I give them assignment to do it before they come to work for me, and it's it's working. And I think they have to invest the time themselves as well. And, and that's a big thing.
0: David, it's a brilliant, brilliant takeaway there. Because I often think training, for a lot of people joining recruitment companies, they always feel training something that's done to them. Whereas learning is something we do for ourselves. And I think if you're encouraging people that join you, people that work with you to continue their learning, then you know it's a really, really, really important thing. So well Absolutely. done and, and you know, great advice for us there. Um, speaking of advice, David, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received?
1: Um, again, I'm not going to plug RoyRipper.com, but it's from you. <laughs> there are other, that, tra- there are are other sound, training
0: course. companies available, David. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think personally, um, you, you obviously said to me about work, not working in your own business and working on it. And I, and I think it's a massive thing. Uh, and I always was was right deep in working in my my business, um, and I'm not now. I work on it. So and that was the biggest thing I've ever taken away in in the the career that I've had in business and and seeing people in business.
0: And it's it's a great piece of advice. I wish I could claim the original of it. Um, no, the original I I heard from uh, Michael Gerber in his mm-hmm. book The E Myth Revisited and. It was that whole thing, you know, and I I, I love that book so much. I, I traveled to meet him and sit down with him and ask him, how can I apply this to a recruitment business? So um, I agree with you. I think many of us, you know, including myself, we get stuck in on that wheel of working in the business, you know, and particularly as a recruitment consultant, you know, as a recruiter, um, I know how to recruit. So it's like I can keep busy doing that and I can keep making fees. But that's not how you grow a recruitment business. To grow a recruitment business, you have to go to work on it. And uh, you know, thank you for for sharing that uh, you know okay. sort of advice back, um, David. What's what's something that you see working brilliantly in your business right now? So it could be I don't know a, a piece of software or uh, an app or some kind of hack that you and your team use.
1: I think the biggest thing that that's worked for us recently is, is revisiting and going back to the the training model. Um, the the one frustration I had of the business before I became a director was was the the, the, the training was non-existent. So I went out obviously to to, to different people and got different opinions and put together a a handbook and the the guys go through that on a daily basis but also they they have very structured training now twice a week and obviously with the self-development and that's the biggest thing that's worked. Um, You can see one of my consultants in particular who has has completely changed the way he works. and the confidence that gives him and the rest of the other team is, is paramount. And that's something that some of them were a little bit low on at one point. And uh, they won't mind me saying that because yeah. we've had that discussion. And that's the biggest thing. Um, I think you can have all the software tools. You can have all the analytics tools in the world. But I think the, the thing is, if, if somebody's trained well and trained better than maybe other businesses, then that is the biggest difference, in my opinion.
0: Really, really good advice, David. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it is the thing, isn't it, that, that a lot of companies we just assume, you know, let's do an induction training and then, you know, that's it. Everyone's got all the tools. But it's that constant, you know, sort of investment. And I think if our staff, if our team see that we are committed to it, genuinely committed to training, um, then they seem to be genuinely committed to learning. You know, that's my, certainly my experience.
1: I think you learn from failures too. And I think you look at people that you've lost and think I've lost them because I didn't look after them or I didn't train them properly and yeah. I can certainly say that about a few individuals that that have been here and, and gone um and it is a regret but there's nothing you can do about it you have to learn from it
0: and well done for you for you know for for the learning um david what's the best business book that you've read say in the last 6 months
1: um we kind of just talked about it the the myth revisited brilliant um, <laughs> Who um, and and to be fair, there there is there is another book which is done by James Kahn which is uh, "How to Run Your bu- How to sell a Business in Seven Days." Um, when we looked at restructuring the business, um, those were the two books that that obviously uh, I know that somebody sent me the the Myth Revisited, um, and uh, obviously James Kahn's book as well. And they they both kind of go hand in hand and just stripping everything back. And and uh, to to be fair, they're they're both fantastic books and. If, Anybody wants a copy? These, these three or four in my office somewhere. So,
0: <laughs> wholeheartedly, sort of agree with those two books. I love, I like both of them. Love both of them, in fact. Um, okay, so David, we're moving towards the last bit of our uh, our journey together in Recruiters Live Lounge. Um, I'm going to give you a scenario. If you woke up tomorrow morning, still armed with all of the knowledge and experience and the tools that you have but your business wasn't around what would you do what's the first kind of steps that you would do
1: um i'd actually become a sports agent wow um it's easy um you get everything done for you um and you earn an obscene amount of money for basically looking after people now is that not what we do now
0: it's a recruitment consultant's role. Uh, yeah, isn't it?
1: exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I do that. I, I was going to go down the estate agency route, but I know somebody mentioned that, and it kind of got taken away from me. And my brother-in-law's an estate agent, so I have to be really careful. Um, so, yeah, sport. I'd probably look at, at um, you look at Barry Herman, Maturing Sport, stuff like that. That that would be. Um, I have a very good friend who works works there, and, and that would be the the thing. And, and I, I nearly went down that route once once upon a time, and was offered a very good. Good route, and I did my my agency exams with the FA and all that from a football point of view. But yeah, that that would be what I would do. I would set up a sports agency consultancy.
0: Maybe it's one for you to focus in on once we've got the um, sort of business grown to that level, Maybe. acquired by this huge conglomerate <laughs> recruitment business, and you and Maybe. I in our retirement do that. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Barry Herm because uh, he's gone on. I think his son's involved in the business heavily now, isn't yeah, he?
1: His son his son basically looks after um the, the boxing side of the business. Um but the goal what people don't realise is obviously things like the the even Paul, he looks after what's the Ryder cup, Paul, the Moscone Cup and yes. also golf, he is he is very well renowned. He sponsors one of the main Satellite tours in golf, and um, yeah, he's done a, he's done a lot for a lot of people that people wouldn't really realize. They just see him as that guy on telly He's on the darts every every New Year when you've had a few. That's that's kind of who he is to a lot of people.
0: Interesting, uh, really interesting um, story there for us, and, and I, I, I like your style with it, um, and David. We we are unfortunately coming to the end. Um, uh, a couple of things uh, we need your final piece of advice for people. Um, but also how would people listening or watching this episode get in touch with you at Artemis Search after watching?
1: Um, I, th- I think advice I think and, and probably advice is geared to, to people who want to get into recruitment personally is research what you're getting into um, and, and make sure that it's what you want to do um and i think that would be my biggest thing and to people who, who run businesses i don't know everything um but i think if you want to want to do well you need to keep learning and and treat people the way you're you, you like being treated is, is probably the biggest message. Uh, in terms of getting hold of me, um, you can get me, uh, the website is www.artemasearch.com um, or you can get me on my email address, which is david.gittos at um, or join the Artemis Search LinkedIn group, which we have, which basically is is free for, for anybody. Just just click on Artemis Search and it goes straight through to me. So uh, more than happy for, for anybody to get in, in contact with me.
0: Fantastic. David, thank you for that. And all, all of those links will be available in our show notes for the episode, whether uh, you're watching the video or you're, whether you're listening to the podcast. Um, David, on behalf of everyone in Recruiters Live Lounge, listening, watching all around the world, thank you so much for joining us today. No, pleasure, Roy. And to everybody that is out there watching or listening to this episode, Thank you for joining us in the Recruiter's Live Lounge. Remember to continue getting this type of content absolutely free. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So whether that's the the video, subscribe, or whether it's the podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe and, and you'll get the episodes delivered directly through to your inbox, to your mobile or tablet. Um, And the other thing is, please give us some feedback. You know, Any comments, we're really, really grateful to receive feedback and I know that our experts, our guests in the Live Lounge like reading those too. So if you enjoy an episode, please leave us some feedback. If you don't enjoy it or you wanna see another question or whatever, please leave us some feedback. We love to hear it. Okay, until I see you the next time, take care. Thank you very much for joining us. You've been listening to
1: Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader.
0: Would you like to be able to attract, engage, and place more candidates with your clients? Firefish is a predictive recruitment sales and marketing platform that will help you do exactly that. Their SaaS solution incorporates an applicant tracking system, recruitment marketing, CRM, KPI reporting and full website integration. Go to firefishsoftware.com forward slash reclive lounge and schedule your free demo today.